I'm Jason Burkett. And I'm Sarah Gamitter. And you're listening to Fourth Wave Feminism, the podcast. Where every episode, Jason and I try to bring our different perspectives about the future of feminism into alignment. Because women hate women. <laughs> what? <laughs> they do. No, they don't. I have anecdotal evidence that suggests that they do. <laughs> um, some women hate some women. That's what some I mean. Some women hate some men. Some men hate some women. Some men hate some men. <laughs> well, today's episode is about Hillary Clinton. Oh, and yes. The central question of the episode is, you know, we're fourth waivers. Do mm-hmm. we want all fourth waivers to vote for Hillary in the U.S., because not all fourth waivers live in the U.S., obviously, but all fourth waivers who can vote for Hillary, do we want them to? Are you asking me? Should I just answer the question and end the podcast? Yeah. All right. No, we don't. We, we don't want to tell them to. Right. We want to convince them that it was their own idea. <laughs> no, I don't think that's even it either. <laughs> I don't think they're. I don't think the uh, the fourth wave feminism the podcast is officially endorsing a candidate at this point. Well, I think that because we're like loosely affiliated with a not for profit, that like you know we oh can't, yeah we're not we're not even legally allowed to yeah. But what we can do is discuss the question of should every good feminist that's able to vote for Hillary Clinton do that. And should anyone who can't vote for Hillary Clinton still give her money somehow or something and do whatever they can to make sure she wins? You're saying because she's a woman. Well, because she is the woman that she is. Her being a woman goes a long way. But if she were Sarah Palin, I would not be holding the position that I'm holding. But I I do think that... But I mean, the reason that we were talking about this and not, you know, should every fourth wave feminist vote for Bernie Sanders is because Hillary Clinton is a woman. Yes, I think so. Okay. (laughs) And I'm saying we could end the podcast right now by saying, no, I I think as a fourth wave feminist, I, my, my position is not that a fourth wave feminist must vote for the female candidate if one is available. I agree with that. Simply I think, because she's a woman. Yeah. So yes. Okay. So we both agree with that. It's not just because she's a woman, but I think that I, I would argue and will now argue with you that okay. <laughs> all feminists are, are, responsible for voting for Hillary Clinton. Like, it's their feminist duty to vote for for Hillary Clinton. Disagree. Oh, see, I knew we had a podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) So... Because, let me, can I... Okay, do you, you did you have elaborate? a thing? Did you did you want to present a thing about why? Or can I say my thing? Yeah, I guess I should back up my position on this. So, here's what I'm saying. If you're a first waiver, second, third, fourth, doesn't matter. It's your feminist duty. So we should probably discuss, is there such a thing as a feminist duty? I obviously yeah. think there is. Um, is it? I know. I know. You're shaking your head. I am shaking my head at you. <laughs> I think it's a feminist duty 
to vote for Hillary. So not any female candidate, not, you know, the candidate that you necessarily think will do best by women. But I think that this is a a one-off triangulation of opportunity where it's too good to pass up. Like, it's too important in the story. It's like a chapter that must occur before the story can move forward. And that this is the time for this chapter to happen. It's not because she's a woman. It's not because she's necessarily going to be the best candidate for women. It's just... This is the moment because of the opportunity, because it's here. When the, yeah, when the, when the ice cream teaching. arrives, you eat it, <laughs> 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 to coin a phrase. I don't think that is true because so many reasons. Because if she's not <laughs> the best candidate for women, and I'm not, we're not even getting into that yet. Right, whether she, or not she is the best candidate for women. If she's not, then she's not the right person to be the first female president. Um, all right, so let me let me walk that back a moment. I was just thinking about it and thinking about um, whether whether the just because someone is the first female president of the United States, whether she has any special obligation to be better for women um, than any other president. I mean, that, that would be holding her to a different standard than we hold any other president. Although I do tend to look at the candidates before me and say, who is going to be the best candidate for women? So it's not a different standard than I hold candidates to, but yeah, well, now I'm now I'm now I'm thinking I'm now I'm thinking aloud on the podcast, just <laughs> not helpful for the editing later. No, it's fine though. Don't worry, just edit because, it out. Look, It'll make me feel like I'm really accomplishing something. Because here's the thing: we've actually been in this situation previously in 2008. Right? right? During the primaries, we had the opportunity to vote for Hillary Clinton in yes. the primaries. Yes. And then our dilemma was, do we vote for Hillary Clinton or do we vote for Barack Obama? And if you look at it as a competing set of firsts or, you know, a competing set of historic moments... It, it becomes very complicated. And I think like what it comes down to is you have to look at who is going to be the best candidate, who's going to be the best president for me, who's going to look after my interests in a very, and the nation, and who's going to point the nation in a direction that I think that is the direction that it, it should be going in. And I actually, a friend of mine sent me um sent me an email during the primary. She lived in Minnesota and Minnesota caucuses, I believe. And she was going to the caucus and she was having like a feminist dilemma about whether she should caucus for Hillary Clinton because she had dreamed of voting for a female president since she was a girl or 
caucusing for Barack Obama because how amazing would it be for us to have the, our first black president? Yeah. And I said to my friend, I declare my bias as a Chicagoan, <laughs> feel an inherent bias towards Barack Obama. Um, but to answer your question, I feel like look at where they stand on the things that are important to you. Where do they stand on women's rights? Where do they stand on, um, because she was, uh, she is a person who works in the theater also. Where do they stand on funding for the arts? Where, you know, where do they stand on sending our nation to pointless wars? You know, what are the things that are important to you? Where does that candidate stand on it? And, and I think in that case, it's actually easier because the, the, the historic precedence balances out. So it's like, ah, first woman, ah, first black president. <laughs> you know, it, it's not the same dilemma. But in that instance, I, I chose Barack Obama. I chose not to vote for the first female president. Because Barack Obama was the better candidate for my needs at that time. Well, that actually segues well into how is the world now? Like yes. Section, section one, how is the world now? Because if everybody's stuck to what you're describing, the vote your conscience, then we would have the world we do have, right? Which is uh, a world is of true? zero female presidents of the United States. I don't think that's true. I mean, we haven't had we haven't had many choices. Do you think in- people have been voting their conscience? Um, yes, I think they have, but I'm not saying. I I don't think that we would. I don't think that we're stuck with not having a female president because we're voting our conscience. <laughs> I think we're stuck with not having a female president because we haven't had a lot of choices. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so check it out. I did yeah, some yeah. research, right? Oh, research. Lay it on me. It's very casual research. I'm not, you know. I wouldn't, I expect nothing more. This is quite a stride. So I read like a blog post or I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was on this okay, website. Research is in quotation marks. <laughs> That's right. I have a later, I have like an academic article I will read a sentence or two from. Oh, fancy. <laughs> yeah. This is what it's like now, the new MPP version of me. <laughs> I read something on the internet, and it said that we had 43 female presidential candidates, and that Hillary is our 43rd, like on this big long list. Who are the other 42? It's incredible. It goes back to like the 1800s. Well, yeah, Victoria Woodhull. Oh, well, okay, so you know then. <laughs> well, I know Victoria Woodhull. She's kind of famously the first woman to run for president, but she was kind of a fringy candidate. Well, I think most of them were. I don't want to, like, walk us through history. That sounds awful. But No, like, I love history. I Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I only made a couple notes here. So it's on okay. some website called, like, Women History something. And it listed out, and, like, so from they're from all these different parties, uh, like the Peace and Freedom Party, the Socialist Party, the Green Party, and the Independent Party, um, as well as Republicans and Democrats, right? And so they've been, like, sprinkled along since the 1800s, and they've been, like, some, some fringy, like the Peace and Freedom, 
I know. Can you imagine? A whole party dedicated to peace and freedom? (laughs) Jeez, pick a lane. What is the world coming to? (laughs) What would the world come to? And then, uh, and then, yeah, and then mainstreamers, you know? Um, But that's what I'm saying is what you're saying is that none of them really had a fighting chance, you know, until Hillary. So... That is how the world is now. Hillary is closer than ever, and uh, people have been voting their conscience. I think people have been voting their conscience. I know there's some strategic voters. This is I should have done some research on this, like how many people are strategic voters, you know. But that's where we are, and which is why I think there's like a call to action here. So let's just let's just play out this scenario. Okay. Um, let's say that people heed the Burkett call yeah. and say, okay, I'm not going to worry about which candidate is the best for me. The historical moment is here. I want to be part of it. I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton because she is a woman. And because let's say she is that woman. What, what does that mean? Like, it's not saying, like, because I started by, by like, I wanted to come into this conversation and say, no, we should do this because she's a woman. Like, everyone should get on board because she's a woman. And I couldn't get there because, like, Sarah Palin's a woman. Because Sarah Palin, yes. The Sarah Palin argument. And so I'm like, okay, so it isn't because she's a woman. And, but that also didn't, like, destroy my theory. It, it just made me hone it down to say, okay, so it's not because she's a woman. It's because she's that, this woman. Like, she's this specific woman. But how is that different from voting your conscience? So check it out. I feel like the right candidate for me, who not only represents my own interests, but who also represents what I think is best for other people's interests and our interests as a collective, mm-hmm. is Bernie Sanders. Because I get the vibe, based on his record and his rhetoric, that like Bernie Sanders, if elected, for one, the, the mere act of electing Bernie Sanders would overhaul so much of like the corporate representation in government so it would be like upending the table on corporate influence within the the united states government and i can think of nothing more important than that that is more important than women's rights and everything like like getting handing the like governor governance of the country back to the citizens of the country Mm -hmm. is priority one um so that's where my conscience would lead me. And everybody else is too, hopefully. But I don't think we should... That's, I don't think that's the feminist thing to do. Does that I, make sense? Yeah, I, 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 I believe I understand the words that you have strung together. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know that I would say that that makes sense. Because I think that the that doing what's best for women and for the advancement of the status of women okay. is the feminist thing to do. Yes. And if I thought that Bernie Sanders was the person to do that, then that would be the feminist choice. If you thought that. If I thought that, yeah. But you can't 
think that. Like, no one could think that. Why not? Like, who... I would be like, who in the world could think that Bernie Sanders is going to do better by women than Hillary? And what I'm saying is Hillary will be better for women in, like, the corporatocracy mainstream status quo will continue. But in that world, women will be better off. Whereas, like, in in the Bernie Sanders world, the corporatocracy will be harmed, but women will be... And women will be better off than today, but they won't be as well off... I mean, they'll be better off because the corporatocracy is harmed. But but they won't be better off overall. Well, okay. Like, in the independence of their own category of womenness. I'm I'm still trying to kind of wrap wrap my head around this. Do you you say that because you think that there's some kind of... um, All right, so, so what you're saying is that... Hillary as president would be kind of the symbolic rising tide that lifts the boats of all the women and that women would then look at Hillary as a president and say, hey, a woman is president. Therefore, I demand my full dollar, not the 73 cents or the 69 cents or the 51 cents, the full dollar. Yeah, yeah, except that Yes, I, I'm basically I'm saying that Hillary will be better for women, and Bernie will be better for everybody. Yeah, but why will I just I just want to I want to kind of pick apart this why you think Hillary will be better for women? Is it the symbolic thing? Is it that you think she will actually do things for women that will make life better for women? And this brings us to this research I found on Google oh. Scholar. Oh, it is from Google Scholar. Yeah, I dug deep. Okay. (laughs) I'm only going to read you one line because I think it captures it. But this is from some paper that somebody wrote. Her name is Michelle Schwer, and it was, like, published in, like, 2001. Okay. So it's drastically out of date. Yes. But whatever. I think we can stand by it, especially once you hear what I say. It says, clearly, female legislators perceive women as a distinct part of their constituencies, and they bring different policy priorities to the legislative agenda, particularly in the area of women's issues. So earlier in the paper, and that sort of captures it, but early in the paper, they're talking about, um, yes, women know what it's like to be a woman, and like women have different leadership styles, and women approach problems, and collaboration differently but they're but she's saying that so so there's like some advancement of women's issues because the the woman herself has that as a personal priority but they also say that because so many of the constituents to elect a woman like women perceive that as like their block you know like those are the people who I'm riding on like these female voters so mm-hmm. it's the belief that a female elected is going to do better by women that makes it so like that belief has to be there on behalf of the constituents in order for it to be there on behalf of the legislator. And so that, that, that sort of fiction, that story actually makes itself true. And so that is why it's up to us now to pump that, idea 
<laughs> because the more we bang that drum, the truer it gets. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that... Uh, do you think that your hypothesis has been proven true in the presidency of Barack Obama? Do you think that black people feel that they are better off because Barack Obama is president? Definitely. Do you think they actually are better off because Barack Obama is president? Definitely. How so? Because they feel like they're better off. (laughs) So I feel like, I think we can all agree, and this goes back to me not having research about it, but I think we can all agree that black people in the United States are better off now that there's been a black president. I think aspirationally, yes. I think it's, it's more possible for a, a child to think, like, I could grow, grow up and be the president. I also think it's, it's helpful in the wake of horrible racist disasters to have, you know, like the shootings in South Carolina, like Ferguson, to have a black president say, this cannot stand, you know, to have, to feel like the powers that be speak with your voice. I think that is helpful. Practically speaking, I don't, well, I don't even want to say that because I certainly don't want to be a person who says Barack Obama is not good for black people. <laughs> I just, th- you know, and and he's he's a particular case because I do think that he was the best person for he was the best person for every one person right. that you were right. talking about. Um, like he was the best president for me. Right. Of it's the like choices I was given, he was by far the best president for me. Yeah. And remains the best president for me. Again, of the choices <laughs> <laughs> of people who could have been president, really glad it's Barack Obama, even though he has disappointed me in some ways. Um, <laughs> well, he's no Ron Paul, if that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, and I, I that... Like uh, on a kind of where the rubber meets the road, kind of at the ground level, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I still think I have to think about this some more. But I just, I feel like with, and again, and I'm trying not to be too like, I don't know because I don't know enough about the vote about Hillary Clinton's voting record versus Bernie Sanders voting record. Do you know what I mean? To like get down into the, like who actually would be better for women. So I'm trying, just trying to tease out this idea of because she is a capable woman, we should vote for her. Um, because of that symbolic and that aspirational value, is that enough? Yeah. Well, so, okay. With the Barack example, um, I would argue that a lot of those things that we're treating as like large race tragedies um, are certainly large race 
tragedies, like and tragedies nationally. Um, so I think that like Barack Obama being the first black president has centered the conversation, the national conversation around race in a way that like these sort of tragic things were going on, you know, for years and years. And like, it just wasn't the focus of the conversation. And so now I think that, I don't know that there's been like some sort of uptick in race related police shootings, you know? Um, but now it's at the forefront of right. the conversation. So you think he could be part of why we're talking about it so much more. Exactly. And why, why like, you know, citizens are so outraged by it in a yeah. way that, like, it's, you know, it's been outrageous the whole time. But, like, maybe the fact that we now have a black president and these things are happening feels like, no. <laughs> like, now we're going to riot. Yeah, like, you know? come on. It is 2015. Yeah, and it's like, it's not like there hasn't been race riots in response to police brutality in the past. But it's it feels much more common now. And it feels much more like, yeah, like, yeah, like, come on, it's 2015. And so I think that, like, there's the aspirational effect um, of saying, oh, look, black people can be president. That's great. There's, like, this national healing, I think, that it's sort of, like, black people can be president, you know? Like, that means the enough people in the country are on board with that, that it can happen. And so, like, I think that's a good thing to see and is good. And, like... I think that there's also this, um, so it's not purely the aspirational aspect. It's also that, like, there's a real centering of the race conversation that takes place because he is the first black president. And I think we'll get that, all those benefits with the first female president, that suddenly women's issues and gender issues and gender equality will be at the center of the national dialogue. And suddenly we'll probably start seeing gender-related riots where they say, you know, this person was raped by police or, you know, what have you. Like, all the things that are going on right now that we don't shine the light on because we're talking about race, I think we will because we'll be talking about gender. And I think that that could very well be true. Where the, I think the sticking point that I get to is that if the if the whoever the person is who's the president if they are if they end up being bad for the country or doing a bad job then that kind of brings the other side of the you know that counterbalances the you know it's like for the same reason that you're like you know there's a reason why you're saying yes vote for Hillary Clinton but not vote for Sarah Palin just because she's a woman. Right. And that's because if Sarah Palin were the president, she would be so incompetent <laughs> and so horrible. I suppose that's, a, I see your point there, actually, because when you first that, said that, I was like, that, I don't that know. Would, you know, kind of pull down the whole idea of women being president and it would be bad. For the You know, it's just there, all of the bad things would right. outweigh the aspirational, you know, like then it would, it would stop being aspirational. Do you know what I mean? Like and the you, conversation you, we get is a story of women can't do this. Yeah. Yes. And it would get derailed. So obviously I don't think that Hillary Clinton is the same as 
Sarah Palin. Right. But I think that you, but that's why I don't want to just like kind of straight out say, that's why it's, it matters who the person is. And so I don't want to say straight out as a fourth wave feminist, you must vote for Hillary Clinton because I don't know if I feel like she's been vetted enough in my mind to know that she is the right person to carry that forward, that she is going to be able to um, overcome, because it's it's going to be rough for anyone, yeah. right? Like, it was hard for Barack Obama being the black president. He still, like, gets so much crap for things that, people did not give white presidents crap for. Right. And I think it's going to be the same for the first woman president. She's going to get a lot of crap for things that is un, unjustified crap. Yeah. And does like she already does. Oh yes, absolutely. And I feel like I'm, I'm not making my, I feel like I'm not making my point still. Yeah, I just feel like I don't I I don't feel like I can say that unequivocally about Hillary Clinton at this moment in time the way that I felt I could say it about Barack Obama. Do you know what I mean? I do, and I think that ties into like presentation, you know, because the fact of the matter is, I it seems to me that we're never going to know more about a presidential candidate than we know about Hillary Clinton. So she is the yeah. she has the fewest question marks around her <laughs> because she's been a senator, she's been secretary of state, you know, like she's been the first lady and she's been through that ringer. Like how's she gonna respond to all the lady talk about her being a lady? It's like she's done that for, you know. 40 years oh, yeah. or however long yeah. she's been No, you're totally, you are totally right about that. Yeah, she's like the most known quantity we could ever ask for. Like, there, and with a career in politics and a voting record we can scrutinize, you know? Um, so, I, I don't know. I feel like we don't have to want, like, anybody else is going to be more of a... a roll of the dice than her. Like, I think Obama, you know, they say he, like, came out of nowhere. He was, like, a first-term senator when he was running, right? And so it's like, who is this dude? We don't know, but we like him. <laughs> and I trust yeah. him, you know? And so, like, to some extent, there's no... We don't not know who Hillary is. <laughs> like, we, we're like, oh, yeah, we know her. Yeah, you're... Yes, you are right about that. I just... I'm trying to figure out what it is that I am, that I, what, what is the resistance that I'm feeling to having like, uh, a sort of call to arms sweeping thing. <laughs> it just, it, I, it just feels like that's not the way that fourth wave feminism does things. So that is it's actually so patriarchal. I, oh, oh, interesting. That, that is worrisome. <laughs> Breaking you know what I mean? Like the telling, word. like the saying, like this is the party line and this is the right thing to do. I feel like in, in other matters, fourth wave feminism has said, you do you, you do what's best for you. If high heels are your thing, then you do that and we won't judge you for it. Right. I do remember agreeing to that. And <laughs> if, and when we talked about, um, is there such a thing as like feminist pornography? It was like, Hey, 
there's all kinds of things that work for all kinds of different people. You make the choice that right that's right for you. And just because there's some pornography out there that you absolutely abhor, does that mean you should say that no one should get to see that type of pornography? Mm-hmm. You're right. So for a fourth wave feminist to say, this is the one, you know, however you may be feeling, how, whichever candidate, even if there's a candidate that you feel will actually be better for you, you should not do that. You should not vote for that candidate because you should vote for the, for this candidate who's going to symbolically rise the, the boats of women, even if that's not necessarily what's best for you. That feels like a second wave thing to say. I agree with you. And, like, I think that I, that's a really great series of points because I feel like, for me coming into this, I'm like, okay, listen, and I hadn't mentioned this yet, but it was coming. I was going to be like, we're a political movement. You know, like, so the fact that, like, this doesn't apply to shoes or pornography, like, that's, those are different because this is a political movement. But the truth, and so we said, well, when it's political, we all got to fall in line and be effective, you know. But the truth is, you're right, that this is a cultural idea. It's not a political movement. And I am personally of the opinion that politics is not what drives the bus all the time. Like, I think culture drives politics a lot of the times. And I think that mm-hmm. cultural drives our day-to-day experiences a lot of the times, much more than politics does. So you're right. If we're talking about ways forward that work for people, then we shouldn't treat the political realm differently than the shoe realm, you know? Right. So I agree with that. I can see you thinking. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, okay. So I guess we can't say. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me worry that we're wrong about everything else. Because, like, you know, (laughs) the whole time we should have been saying, watch this kind of porn. (laughs) This is the right kind of porn. (laughs) Um, No, but I I do feel it. you know, as I think I've been good at mentioning i i don't want it to be like whatever you're into is fine like i was listening to a stuff mom never told you podcast the other day and they were talking about pinups because i've fallen behind and i was catching up i just heard that episode yesterday look at us we're similarly behind the times with our listening um but yeah in that episode they were like being in a like posing for pinups you know for your significant other or whatever your own self-esteem whatever then, like, some women are like, oh, that's really degrading. And others are like, no, it's really empowering, you know? And the host, one of the hosts was like, yeah, just, you know, if it empowers you, good for you. I just feel like I don't support that position. Like, to me, it's like, it's not, that doesn't add up to me. Because then you get all these people who are like, I like when he, you know, mistreats me or whatever. Like, I'm glad I get paid less than a dollar for equal work, you know, like, oh, because yeah. it's like, that's what makes me feel womanly. And I just want to like, that's where I think I turn into like a radical. Cause I'm like, this is where we can't trust women to report <laughs> what makes them feel empowered. Because if you have someone who is like put through the system where they're like, you know, what makes me feel empowered when he opens the door for me and he makes more money than I do. And he like, 
gets into fist fights at the bar. Like that's like all perpetuating the patriarchy. And it's very much on my toes, you know? I'm yeah. like, your beliefs there have an impact on like male expectations and I am a male. <laughs> so I don't like this idea that you feel womanly based on you know, I don't want to be in that story. And like for her to, you know, for a woman to feel like this makes me feel empowered and I get to do what I want. I'm like, no, I can't sign up for that. Okay. So here is where I just need to remind you, cause you had similar feelings during the high heels episode. And I feel like during other episodes as well. This is and a the, through line. <laughs> and the, yes. And the, and the, the, the point that we get to is that when fourth wave feminism has triumphed, that won't be an issue, right? A, a woman is not going to say that she once we have succeeded in conquering the world, a woman is not going to say, oh, I feel so empowered when, you know, my husband walks in the door and says, where's dinner? Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that, that is going to like, so we don't have to, but we don't have to make our decisions based on those exceptions or, or based on those, those damaged, um, encounters with the patriarchy. We don't want to, it, it all comes back to like trusting the judgment and saying, okay, now sure. There are women who say that, but when we do the good work, when all of the good feminists do the good work and, and show how life is better when everyone is equal, then that's going to fall away. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to go at just like we don't have to go after the men's rights activists. Right. They're going to fall by the wayside naturally as we make our case in the world. And... So to, to have, to ha- I think it's natural to have that reaction because I have it about other things okay. where it's like, okay, but, but this, <laughs> but this we absolutely have to like put our foot down and say no. That's where you have to like think like a parent <laughs> and say, if we do the good work of showing what the world is, and then trust people to make the best choices for them. Like the, the work is in creating the world. It's not in trying to force people to make the choice we want them to make. And I, I get that. And that is, that's helpful to hear. Is it necessary when creating the new world to, yeah, like how much do we need to sort of like, form up a little and be strategic, you know? Because that's what I feel like, that's what I mean when I I say, like, the Bernie candidacy and what it represents really resonates with me, and I do think it's good for everybody. I think it's good for everybody in in the long run to try to get money out of politics. But it, it seems to come, like, we will definitely be losing the Hillary effect, you know? Like, I think we're taking our foot off the feminism progress gas pedal in supporting, yeah. But I think it's possible, and I get, like, I haven't fully weighed 
the candidates myself to know how I feel. But, but I do feel like take that example of getting, uh, corporations out of politics. I think that it is possible that that could do more for women, for opening up opportunities for more women to play leadership roles. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because corporations have a tendency to be like very top down. They're very male dominated. And so if you take, if you were able to, you know, miraculously get corporations out of politics, I think that would do a huge amount for women because it would mean that something else was driving the bus and that something else would almost by necessity have to be more accessible for women than the current system. I mean, so okay. I, 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 I don't think it, yeah. you can necessarily say that like we would be losing something. That's it just gets into like such particulars about the people and the, do you know what I mean? Like if it comes down to the, I mean, for me, it's, it's all about the, the primaries because obviously right. once we get to the Republicans versus Democrats, given the field that the Republicans have right now, like there's no person in that entire field that I would vote for in favor, you know, over Hillary Clinton. Right. Not a single one (laughs) because of, you know, all of, you know, all of those other crazy things. So (laughs) it, 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 it feels a little bit like a, um, uh, like a problem that Democrats have. Do you know what I mean? Like not a problem that any Republican feminist out there has. I suppose. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but he, so hypothetically, imagine that, you know, my take on the situation, just grant the premise, right? That like okay. if we elected Hillary, then mm-hmm. that would be like, five steps forward for women um, okay. and gender equality. So all of us, right? Yeah. Um, if we elect Bernie, that's two steps forward for women, but three steps forward for everybody. Okay. So just what, so the question then becomes how much in that, in that framework, how much do we want to be banging the drum for those steps forward for women. If we want to say, like, everyone do your own thing, vote your conscience, doesn't it seem like we lose? Like, like even if we decide, like, oh, okay, it turns out, like, the Bernie path is going to be what you and I agree is better for women. Do we want to try to offer any sort of, like, everyone should do this? <laughs> I don't know what you call that. Like, should we try to coerce anybody into voting as a block for the purpose of advancing something we care about. I mean, for the purpose of advancing something that we care about. I mean, if we're talking about legislation, yes, absolutely. If you're talking about, you know, a specific, um, like local legislator, when you have like, to me, it's like if, if there's an obvious evil on the other side, but even then, I still feel like the thing that you want, the thing that feminism wants is for is for everyone to feel 
equally empowered to make the best choice for you. So. And if. Okay. At any point in the journey, we're saying to people, this, this person, it would be better for you, but I need you to make this different choice for some, do you know, it just smacks so much of, you know, in the history of feminism, it just feels like a very second wave thing of like the second wave feminists, um, or even the first wave. I mean, it's actually more of like a first wave feminists of, you know, cause the first wave feminists had the whole like coming out of the abolition movement and there were some there were some serious like schisms of some of like the main women that you think about like Susan B Anthony saying whoa 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 black people not your turn you got to get in line do you know what i mean like let women get the vote first and then we'll work on this or she didn't actually say that but it, but there was like in the aftermath of the civil war when the there were women who were like we have to pu- push for equal suffrage now otherwise the, it's going to be black men are going to get the vote and there will still be white women who can't vote so there was like a it just kind of smacked of like and god forbid black men get to vote before women get to vote right. do you know what i mean so there was a, there was just a lot of tension between. I see what you're saying. Yeah. For those for for some of those first wave feminists who were like, "Hey, we fought for abolition, and now you got your no more slavery. We now would like to vote. So now that you've gotten your thing, can you all please get on board with our thing? Right. No, and there even there are still like feminists today. I mean, there was that whole like crazy thing with um, Patricia Arquette. Oh, saying, yeah, yeah. listen, black people and gays, you got to help us out and let's fix this equal pay for women. Like, put your stuff aside for now and do this, which is obviously ridiculous. Yes. So that's what it feels like to me. It's like saying to someone, you know, I know that this candidate would not be the best for you, but put your stuff aside for now because, you know, women need to get this. So, I feel like yeah. women are going to get it when it's the right person who's good for everyone. And and no and one should a have woman. that. A, yeah. Yeah. And no one should have to like set a thing aside or like hold their nose or be like, okay, I'll wait for my thing. I'll give you your thing now. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just what it feels like. I hear you. I do hear you. I guess like, It goes back to that sort of speed question because, like, my proposition here is to shove the medicine down the throat, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's like, take your medicine, and then in four to eight years, you'll be ready to do what you, you know, you'll you'll be be cured more so that... Like, at the end of eight years, Hillary should be more likely to be elected if she's elected now, you know? Yeah. It's like she'll accelerate the getting us to gender plateau. Yeah, and and then I, I keep coming back to the, like, the person is I feel like for whatever reason, I I'm not, like, leaping on board the Hillary bandwagon 
in the same in in that same way. Do you know what I mean? Like if she if she were a more um, I don't know if I if, if I had more of a sense of like uh, uh, idealism. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what it is. I feel like it's getting into like a personal thing, but like, I, I get, I get the timing thing because like, that is how, you know, the segregation of schools was ended. That was a pill that was forced down the throats of people. Mm-hmm. And I would never say that should not have happened. The Supreme court just forced the pill of same sex marriage down the throats of, I can't remember. What is it? 13 States. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and again, and, and I was super happy about that. (laughs) So I feel like I'm maybe being a little hypocritical or, or, or I haven't, you know, articulated for myself what the difference is between those things. Maybe because, you know, those things were like, you know, concrete, tangible rights that were being denied to actual people. Like a person could point at a thing and say, this is how I am suffering because. Right. And so, yes, take, take your bitter, take your bitter pill. Yeah. You other people. Whereas, you know, voting for someone for president, that just feels like, I don't, I don't want to force that. If it's, if it would be a bitter pill for someone, I don't want to force that down someone's throat. Cause you can't, I can't, because uh, I, I couldn't point to a physical thing that would be like, when you swallow this pill, my life will be better in this tangible way. Yeah. Is there value in, like, is this an important election? Because, like, you know, in policy, one of the theories of, like, how things happen and change is they talk about policy windows, you know, and so they're like, yeah, like you were saying before, like the time is now, like the window is open. So if this is going to happen, it should happen when the window is open. And so like what I'm basically saying philosophically is that the window is open to get this candidate through and that that would have these positive benefits. Now, the only conflict I've heard against people being excited about the window. Because a lot of people are excited about the window's open, we've got the candidate, the time is now, let's get this done, like me. (laughs) Like, we all think this. But then I've heard a little bit of pushback from people saying, but there's this other candidate, and maybe that window's open, you know? And maybe now's the time to do that thing. And it feels like, okay, so that's one thing. And then I've heard other people saying, we can't just vote for this woman because she's a woman. Like we can't vote for this candidate because she's a woman. So I want to like put that idea to bed and then say, nobody's suggesting that it's because she's a woman. We're saying it's because she is this woman Mm -hmm. that that's what makes this a thing. So let's put that to bed, but then just discuss the other window. The other window is so enticing. Like, I think that's the only other thing. And then it's like, I'm just trying to think what other objections someone might have to say, I don't want to vote for Hillary or Bernie. (laughs) Because I'm a Republican. Yeah. 
these are those are my objections. So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just becomes like if we get down too much in the the reality, the reality of it, it ju- it does become like such a this is just a problem for Democrats and independents. Do you know what I mean? Like, then we're not talking to everybody 50% of the country. Well, I mean, I kind of am when I say if you are a feminist, it is now that now is the time to do the feminist thing and vote for Hillary, even if you're a Republican, even if you think Bernie Sanders better for the country. No matter what your personal brain tells you to think, like marching orders are that the window is open the time is now let's yeah, get this as thing a Quaker, done and we can I, feel like I don't we, like marching what's it? I said as a Quaker I don't like marching orders the, the oatmeal is in the bowl <laughs> 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 the peace treaty has been written and it's time to sign it it's time for everyone to sign on the line. That's what I'm saying. It's time to lock this peace treaty down. It's taken a long yeah, time. But I think a lot of people would say, wait a second, when did that peace treaty get written? Like, who said that it's written and now I sign on the line? We do. I wasn't part of the negotiation process. I wasn't we at that table. Do. That's where we come in to tell people, like, Take what you're thinking, put it in a box, set it aside, do what we say. No, <laughs> no. only bad things ever happen. <laughs> Shut no. off your brains. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore your instincts. Um, okay, we should probably... Stop recording yeah. here. I have yes. a lot to think about. Yes. As do I. I don't know that this is the end of this episode. No, I don't think it is. Okay. Push and stop. <laughs>